welcome to the Off Reporters Podcast. It's been a while, it's been an intense game, and I think we all can agree this will need some editing. So hey, Connor's here. Fitz. Hello. Sean. Hi, hi. Harry. Hi. And Shane. Hello. It's, it's a fun return to form. We're going back to the old school approach of the very hungover slash currently still drunk approach of let's talk about a game that we kind of half remember and kind of half have feelings about. So boys, I won't lie, I am overjoyed. It has been an incredible night for a man who wants to watch the Chiefs win, but also wants to just drink around to people who are a bunch of cunts. It was a very entertaining night. How did we find the night in the woolshed? Did we enjoy it or not? I thought it was excellent. Yeah. From class, yeah. Lots of screens, lots of atmosphere. So boys, I'm going to do a very quick round the table before we start going into the game. Just on the face of it, how did we enjoy it? We'll start with Sean. What did you make of the game? Did you enjoy it? Just a basic level before we get into this. Yeah, I thought it was one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. I thought it had the suspense, the drama, high quality of play, you know, the memorable moments. The ending was a little bit of a letdown in in terms Mm. of anticlimax, but everything leading up to it was pretty great. You know, probably the best Super Bowl I've seen that I can remember is the Steelers Cardinals one. But this Mm. was definitely up there, top, top five. Pretty enjoying it. Are you yourself, Ron? What do you think? Yeah, it was a great Super Bowl. We were a bit cooked by the refs as well, but like it was fine. I think what you saw here was a game where the first half, the Eagles really had the better of it. I think the fact the second half, the Chiefs came out and Pat Mahomes kind of showed what he's made of, considering the ankle situation kind of came back together. It was incredibly impressive and kind of buffered his kind of reputation as probably the best quarterback in the business right now. What do you think, Shane? It felt like a very strange Super Bowl in that sense, in that like, Exactly as Ronan said, that the, the the first half went by script. The the, mm. the the first half went by the Eagles did the thing that we all expected the Eagles to do, which is to try and grind the game down, and they were they were doing exceptionally well. And then we got to the second half, and I still don't really understand what happened. It didn't feel like the game where Pat Mahomes became the guy we all know Pat Mahomes to be, and yet. They still won the damn game, so I I don't really know how to I I'm I'm still trying to process how the game yeah. went, but it was an incredibly entertaining and a to, great Super Bowl. To be fair, I'm somewhat using this as a mechanism because I'm still processing a lot of it. So Harry, what what were your initial takeaways? Like, yeah, just, uh, an incredible game. Probably the that general fan sense. Probably the best Super Bowl since the last time the Eagles were there, mm. maybe the Patriots. Uh, obviously, for myself, obviously the Rams Patriots Super Bowl was very, very good. <laughs> no, this was this was a phenomenal game, incredibly tense, uh, a lot of drama at the end. I think Shane is absolutely right, and we'll discuss this more. I think what we saw in the second half was the difference in the coaching levels from Kansas City to their ability to change the way they were playing, their ability to adapt to the game, got them ahead of the Eagles. But this was such a good fucking game, and one of the best Super Bowls in recent memory, no question about it. Let's start in the early part of the game. Okay, so we come out, the Chiefs win the toss, huzzah. The game went relatively straightforward. I think Shane just said that like it, it was kind of what we expected. Literally, there was a strong approach by the Chiefs defense to try and have a stop, and they got them down to the third down and four or something like that on their first downs. And then they got a big clear completion off a kind of, left side block cleared out a guy and then it left a boy free and then from that point onwards they were just romping down their way to their first score and then the Chiefs were chasing the score they scored back and we all after the first two possessions went woof 
I suppose we should all just bang the over on this game. We should just be expecting a million points. And we didn't get a million points, but we did get an awful lot of points at the end point. Both teams were unable defensively to stop the offense of the other side. And then from that point onwards, it wasn't necessarily being able to stop. So the Chiefs have always run a defense that's based on not necessarily stopping people from scoring, but looking for opportune moments to get turnovers or essentially that kind of like push scale. Whereas the Philadelphia Eagles, and the reason they have such a high-ranking defense coming into this game is because they do the other side of the ball. Now, they still, and I won't say they don't do the the takeaway plays because they do an awful lot of takeaway plays. But their defense is based on a large amount of highly skilled individuals just being able to be shutting down things while also, because of that, being able to occasionally get those takeaways. And it was an interesting dynamic between defences. There was a particular moment on a pass that could have been a breakup that someone attempted to make a interception that then became a massive thing because they took a step too early. Do we think that they were leaving it open to try and see what type of offence the Eagles wanted to run against them? Or do we think it was a very specific instance of finding which part of the three options they have to fight against? Because this is an Eagles offence that is incredible in both the RPO, the passing, and the running elements, depending on what they want to do. And their big skill is being able to confuse you as to which one they're going to go into. It was incredibly obvious what the Eagles wanted to do defensively, and they did it. It was so telling, this the actual, like, narratively what happened by the time we got to halftime was that Patrick Mahomes' ankle was gone. They, they did the thing that they, they wanted to do, which was, like, do massive amounts of pressure. What was going on there was that the Eagles, the, the game is won at the line scrimmage, and the Eagles wanted to win at the line of scrimmage. And that's what they did. Harry, you were coming yeah. to me at several points very early in this game. Just going, as impressive as both the initial outputs were, every member of every offensive line is winning every fucking snap. Essentially, like, the first drive for the Philly was their offensive line won on every single competition. The first drive for the Chiefs was their offensive line won on every position. And then it started to fall back a little bit. I think we saw fucking incredible play from the O-lines in, in the opening game. And then obviously, you know, game plans changed, play calling changed, fatigue sets in at a certain point. But I think you, you saw that. And I think, you know, not to again get ahead of where we are, but I think what you saw through the entire game and... Casey were doing the tackles and being able to spread and push the Philly rush out wide and deep and create that space from home is really, really important. But I think what you were alluding to when you initially talked about was the Brown touchdown. And I think we saw that positive negative of the Spags defense in that that was a play that, you know, as a Patriots fan, you'd say, stick with the man, stick your hand up in the middle and break up that fucking pass. And you saw a DB looking for an interception and then losing both the man and the ball and ending up in no man's land. Whereas if he'd stayed, you know, two, three steps further, you were able to break that pass up. You know, ultimately, we saw that work out for KC, that they went for that big play defense. We saw a defensive touchdown. We saw a defensive touchdown that was taken off the board that probably shouldn't have been. But I think what we saw there was we saw that sort of opportunistic defense of knowing that there is not a ton of experience, not a 
ton of skill at those defensive back positions versus what Casey's had in the past in particular. Mm. And it was that kind of, well, we just need to make those impact plays. And I think we saw them geared towards those impact plays throughout the game. And ultimately, that panned out. There was a couple of plays in particular on defense, particularly for the Chiefs. And I was like, I thought they'd miss on spots, but I was a little bit more soft on them because they were making incorrect steps because they are, you know, first and second years for the most part in the defensive backfield. But they were making incorrect steps in the correct direction of the system was meant to work that way. But the problem is that leaves you massively open to what started to happen in the back end of that first half, Sean, where we started to see a spot where I don't think I'm alone in saying as soon as we saw them not just get the touchdown on top following a massive defensive play that kept Kansas City in the game, but like the Eagles came back and scored and the Eagles came back and they, with a field goal, but like they made it a 10-point game there. There was a point there where genuinely it felt a little bit more like maybe Kansas are losing a hand on the game to a certain extent. There was definitely a moment there in the second quarter where it kind of felt like Philly had the opportunity to maybe start to pull away. I would point to that being a struggle on the KC defensive side. I mean, I mean we've talked in this part before about Bagnolo's hit and miss defensive schemes that, that when they work, that they work spectacularly, but they don't always work. And I think the problem defensively that KC had was rooted in the secondary and the inexperience there. I think it was partly scheme and that they couldn't quite figure out how to map the field that were, mm-hmm. how, to, how to control the various mm-hmm. lines that were coming in. But there also were execution errors. I mean, Trent McDuffie had a, a brutal first half where, where he, I mean, he missed the, the, the Brown touchdown, but he also missed a number of other crucial tackles and mm-hmm. such like. And, and, you know, he's a rookie and, you, you know, you got to hold your hand up and, and say that, you know, it's on, it may be unfair that a rookie was put in that spot, but, you know, you've got to step up when you're in that spot, no matter who you are. I mean, I can understand why it happened, but it also, it's, if you lose the game, it's, it's, mm. the, that's the reason it's going to be pointed to. And I think ultimately, it, it kind of felt it was a very strange phenomenon that was happening. It felt like the Chiefs had, in every drive, Eagles drive that there was, the Chiefs had one chance to stop each drive. There was one big play where the, the Chiefs executed on defense, they would stop the drive. And if they missed that opportunity, the Eagles were going to score. Mm. And they, uh, in the first half, they, they missed that opportunity more often than not. Now they, they got the inter- the defensive touchdown, but they also, you know, they missed that chance to get that fumble recovery. They, they, they missed a couple of big third down mm. plays. And that, that was the system that the Eagles work off offensively works so well, you don't get that many opportunities to stop them. Yeah. And ultimately, I think it was an execution thing. They weren't stepping up in those crucial moments. Whereas when they made their adjustments in the second half, it became a lot easier. If you're thinking about dynamic, because that's that's a very important dynamic. I'm going to go fits in this afterwards, right? But like it was the first half felt like really small margins, right? And maybe it was just because I'm a Chiefs fan and I was better to it in this direction, right? I had a moment there, the moment where Butker missed that field goal, Mm -hmm. right? That, for me, felt like that could have been a massive change in dynamic. So, like, Fitz, what do you think? Like, that was a thing that did bolster the Philly players. That was a moment where they had a chance to counter-strike. Do you think the not ending up exactly how they wanted that to end up was a massive issue for them? Or do you think it was like they still came out on the basis of let's just keep doing what we're doing and trust the system? Or do you think they came out and they started to go, like, oh, maybe we need to kind of push it a little bit more. Early goings 
both teams had a good outing. Like they obviously scored a touchdown both of them on the first drive. So the Eagles kind of did the traditional way. They ran the ball fairly well. They did some decent mid-range passing. And then on the Chiefs drive, Kelsey got open for some reason because the Philly defense is like, we don't need to cover Travis Kelsey. No one That's needs to cover him. There's a quick uh, out for Philly and then you have the missed field goal. And after the missed field goal, there was definitely a shift in momentum. It kind of felt like, oh, something went wrong here. And Booker's had a pretty questionable year. He was not the best... The thing is that, like, you know, the, the very next drive is the one Sean talked about where you had the big A.J. Brown play, and that just yeah. felt like a it felt like a swing, and it felt like, obviously, it was kind of, if you were a Chiefs fan, you were annoyed because, like, you know, Trent McDuffie was in a good position to break up the play, potentially even make even more of that. He ultimately made a bad read, and A.J. Brown got a catch that I don't think should have happened given he was double-covered. Like, I think, mm-hmm. like, fair play to A.J. Brown, obviously an amazing read. But, yeah. like, you know, we saw on a subsequent drive, like, you know, Jalen Hurst is throwing it up there, seeing the guys, and they had a team there, and they took, well, the care efficiently of it in that case. And that's kind of what you expected in those kind of double two-on coverage. And then just the rest of the first half, you know, just the kind of the beats kind of kind of, kind of coming, you know, the Chiefs had a quick trinket out or something like that. And then after that, then it felt like the Eagles were just on top. They were playing yeah. the ball better. They were moving the ball better. But of course, the one thing that didn't go for them was that Jalen Hurts had the inexplicable fumble where he just dropped the ball yeah, yeah. and the Chiefs turned that into a defensive touchdown. And of course, that meant that at the half time, the score was still well within reason. It was 10 points, which isn't great. But if you take away that defensive touchdown, because like the Chiefs weren't really doing much for the, like, the second quarter, basically, it could have been a much different game. It's an interesting thing, because I do think it's not a question I have an answer to myself. I'm just more interested to see what you guys think about this. Of When we look at playoff performances, people like to talk about who are the best players and put Mahomes in the top players, because he, he's incredible, he's on form, right? But he also has not the best playoff record, and particularly Super Bowl style. He has not had a good Super Bowl. And the majority of the bad Super Bowls have been a spot where something has gone wrong like that. Normally it would be something like an interception rather than a, you know, just terrible turn of events. But like, there was a rallying element in it. And it was interesting to me to see whether I think the rallying element, because I think, and so what we're going into afterwards from this, it's the second half discussion for the most part. But like, the going into the tail end of that first half, and going in, as you say, a manageable 10 points down, which, to be honest, the concept of a manageable 10 points down Super Bowl is not the easiest concept to start. Patrick Mahomes, like we'll talk about this a lot more in the second half of you, but when you're at the end of the first half and these things have gone badly for you, except for the defensive touchdown, which is huge in the context mm-hmm. of this game, and then Patrick Mahomes gets the, he re-aggravates the ankle injury, and then you're kind of going... This could collapse. This, this could is, just it, turn into a beatdown by Philly in the second what, half. What, is that like at that point, it's like an all hope is lost moment where if you're a Chiefs fan, you're like, you're worried. Uh, but of course, the difference is that 10 points with Patrick Mahomes, with the Chiefs team, yeah. doesn't feel like anything. You know, you go into halftime, you're worried. You're like, okay, I'm going to relax, enjoy some Rihanna maybe, I don't know. But I, I want to see what comes in the second half. And the difference in the second half is that you come out and you immediately score that touchdown. I do not understand as the Eagles did not win this game. Going into this game, the Chiefs' win condition is Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes stuff. Patrick Mahomes elevates himself to a point of, I am a game winner so good that I'm basically Tom Brady. I'm the kind of guy who just shows up to a game and wins that game. And we get to halftime in that game, and his angle goes. And you somehow... 
conspire with. In my head, there's a massive problem with how the Eagles try to run the end of the first half games here, right? So they have space to make some movement, they have some timeouts left for them, and they fuck up the entire structure of it. That, to myself, is a little bit of an issue. I think we saw it in the second half, much more so, very much at the end of the half, and I think this is probably what Shane was alluding to, was, but we saw that the clock management at the end of the half was appalling misuse their timeouts and run the clock down to the point where they couldn't score a touchdown. Yeah, but I think like that's interesting because like I think when you think about experience and like mm. who's been there before, and I think like they were almost I think they were a bit discombobulated by the almost helmet catch from Devonta Smith. Yeah. And like that was such a huge play and then you're waiting around for five minutes it felt like just to kind of find out whether he had caught it or not. He didn't catch it. Like I I, I agreed with when they reversed the call. But I think when you have such a big play and it could have been like you'd have all the time in the world at that point. And then to have yeah. that turn into a much more systemic drive which obviously did only end in a field goal. A bit disappointing. I think it's kind of just a little bit of inexperience. And, and not just inexperience in terms of being in Super Bowl but obviously just inexperience this year where the Eagles have mm. so rarely have to actually dealt with adversity this season. Yeah, no, no I, I agree with you on that. I, I think that's that's a very important point. But I also think it's like you're looking at not just the inexperienced team but also the coach like a Sirianni who is obviously brilliant in, in, a, in a ton of ways but then when you're in those high pressure situations like the fact that you have 400 drunk people at a bar screaming take the fucking time out and we shouldn't be right but we were. That I'm interested in is the question of like did this this game become like the ability of the Eagles to the Eagles failed to do try and control this game and we got to the, the second half and they, they totally failed to control anything and the thing that I'm interested in is whether the narrative of this game will become did they just they were the better team and yet they just couldn't control their way to a win I'm curious about what we think about like whether what ended up happening was that Kansas just ended up being the team that just were the better winners they had a chance to kill this game in the first half I Mm. won't deny that in the first half Mm. they were dominant Mm. and I think just like that fumble touchdown ended up Mm. being such a huge Mm. thing and yes obviously they could have maybe extracted a little bit more at the end of the the half but in the second half, it changed. Ultimately, both teams got good at holding on to the ball. Both teams got to control the ball. And, you know, ultimately, the kind of long drive we saw, neither defense became a factor in the second half. Yeah, beautiful, very clear break. I think there's one thing that we definitely need to discuss before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of what's actually happening in this game, which is we need an in-depth discussion about this Rihanna halftime show. I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's just hyped up. Maybe it's because I just really love Rihanna. <laughs> I'm not incorrect in just saying I fucking loved the living shit out of that halftime show. And I thought it was fantastic. I'm putting that in the upper echelon of halftime shows. Yep. When you don't bring out a guest and you still fucking nail it. The thing is, we had a big thing last year about how amazing that halftime show was. Mm. And the, the problem was... That we, we had this thing because what happened was a bunch of elderly hip hopsters wandered around a pre made set and and talked about and, and, and did their hits. And it was like they had so many hits that it was like, yeah, okay, we're all just gonna accept that the They've not put on it. There was no show. Last year was not a show. It was all these guys just wandering around doing this thing. But it wasn't a show. It was them wandering around doing their hits. 
I watched this halftime show and I went, this is a woman. And by the way, like, Whew, the yes. pure charisma just from that woman alone. <laughs> it was a show. It was, she was putting on a show. I can't consider myself a Rihanna fan. It's the style of music that I don't generally listen to. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you guys enjoyed it, but but I think I come from a, a different perspective. For me, perhaps the gold standard was Bruce Springsteen because mm. it's, it, it, it's a technical exercise. It's very difficult to build up an atmosphere in 15 minutes to hit crescendos and, and to bring it all to, to an end. And what Springsteen did, when he innovated, he just went full on into let's just be the last 15 minutes of a show, hit, hit a high note and keep going. And what, that's what Rihanna, what I think, was emulating with this much shorter versions of all of her hits. Get as many of her hits in as possible. It's entertainment, right? That That's its its function. So someone like Bruce Springsteen will, his mode of entertainment is to just, you know, hit the momentum of the end of a show. And Katy Perry wants to make it more visual. I think what we got from Rihanna was they want to be entertained. They want they want something that they can, they can enjoy on like a, not on a fan level, but on just a general, just like sitting there and watching. And in that sense, I thought it was quite good because... She demonstrated, at least to me, that she apparently has a lot more songs that I recognize than I otherwise would have thought. Like every song was like, oh, you know, you, you know who she is and you know her big hits, but you also realize 10 or 12 songs below that. Editor here. Connor did not take too kindly to Sean's suggestion that this was not the best halftime show of all time. And then we had an elongated discussion about what is the nature of the halftime show. Given time constraints, we're going to skip forward to the second half analysis. However, if you want to hear the unedited version, get us to start a Patreon or something similar, and we'll put it up on there. All right, on to the show. No, no, because because very importantly for the podcast, as, as soon as we start in the second half, we have to face the problem. As good as it has gone, I'm going to face it. World's worst fucking refing decision I have seen in a long time. It's interesting. He's going to complain about the quote-unquote worst refing decision he's ever had, whereas the entirety of social media moment is complaining about an entirely different refing decision that your team benefited from. The crazy holding call. I've done a very good job of being okay about it. And to be honest, I won't lie. The fact that we ended up winning makes it a little bit less of a problem. But I, honest to God, I think that was actually the worst fucking decision I've seen. It was actually very a decision. very reasonable decision. The wide receiver catches the ball. The receiver has it in their hands. And then, under the current rules, they are asked to make a football move. He was about to turn up, and that's when the punch happens. No, no, no. It's actually because, obviously, the, the, the Chiefs won anyway. So, like, I don't know why it's such a big deal. No. And it, it distracts from what really happened in the second half. So, the Chiefs beat the Eagles at their own game. I think it's really important to note, like, we, we, we mentioned briefly the Eagles' defense, but it's important to note, the Eagles' defense, no turnovers, no sacks, one tackle for a loss, they got lots of yards, but they did not convert that into the amount of points that was necessary, no, given no, no, no. they were no. against Patrick Mahomes. They did incredible job efforts, and I'm very happy with what we did afterwards. That was... Hey man, look, we're, we're, we're eliding, we're, all of this, we're passing over, uh, uh, but... running into the punter, non-call in the first half. Oh, yes, yeah, well, we're about to get to that. It's a situation where big outcome of that drive was not whether that happened or not. To me, it's actually that, you know, the Chiefs managed to hold them to a field goal at that point. Yes, right. Because that meant it was still a one-score game when the Chiefs came back out again. And what the Chiefs did in their subsequent drives, except for the one touchdown that came out quickly off Kadarius Tony, who mm-hmm. for a brief moment turned into the entire epicenter of the Chiefs' offense mm-hmm. and special teams, that was what changed. And like, if you think even to the like, we're skipping ahead here a bit, but if you think the last Chiefs drive, like there was five minutes left in the clock, and the Chiefs basically drained it all. There was a big change. 
from both sides. But there was a massive fucking shit in the bed. Well, that for me, it's like the big thing about this whole game is it's like both quarterbacks seemed for long stretches to have basically as much as time as they wanted to make big plays. Mahomes, when he sees something, can take advantage of it, whereas Hurts, there were times where he just seemed to do what Hertz, he had been told what to do pre-play. Hurts is... Double and coverage like, and stuff like that. Hurts is an incredible quarterback, but he's not an incredible quarterback. In that, like... He is he's a game changer in what he can do, but he doesn't do it as being the role he's meant to provide. My stance is, if I had an option of picking quarterbacks, obviously I'll take my boy. <laughs> but Hurts is fucking great. Like if you can if you can actually just scheme it, Hurts is incredible. There's a massive difference between him and the old school kind of like... Hurt, Hurts was clutch. Like, he just tied ju- up the game. Ju- ju- it's only because the Chiefs were killing the clock at the end. Yeah, my opinion is about the second half are basically... Why did the Chiefs get away with fielding a very clearly injured Patrick Mahomes? And why did they, why did they lose a game in which the main thing that happened in this game was that Patrick's glass ankle got injured again and they somehow got away with it what do you think made the second half be that weird we got to halftime and I felt like the game was over because the win condition that the Chiefs needed was Patrick Holmes to be to, to be a super and then he lost his ankle we didn't know what was going to happen and then somehow the game just became this weird mess where no one took full advantage of the fact that Patrick didn't have full mobility. I mean, I'm sure someone's going to tell me what happened there. Like, why was he not just messed up? Like, why why wasn't the whole second half of that game just the Eagles trying to mess up Mahomes? I agree with you entirely. I genuinely don't know why. I'm going to offer a very brief explanation of why that might have been. The Chiefs line played out of their fucking skin tonight. Genuinely, the protection given to Mahomes was far beyond what I anticipated. You were saying to me, coming into it, the response that they had was the Chiefs went with an offset line, but instead of offset to the right, they offset down, and they offset the offset the tackles like two steps below where the like defensive end should be hitting them. You can have the first two steps, but you're not getting into the middle part. If you get into the middle part, you're getting the outside part of the middle part, and they can push out. Like it was basically that was what they did for about half of it. I think the second half can be summarized as the, the Chiefs won because they made adjustments on both the offensive and defensive mm. side that worked, and the Eagles never counter-adjusted. They never found the solution to get back in control. Like, it's true, but it's also true that the Eagles weren't given that many chances by the Chiefs. They had one they had one brief drive, but their other drives, they like when they went behind against the Chiefs, they got the touchdown, they got the two-point conversion. They kind of showed that if they needed to be clutched, they could be clutched. And then they had one drive early in the second half, which went on for ages. Like it was like over seven minutes, and it turned into a field goal. And like it's kind of like that's not a bad result, especially because you know the Chiefs had just scored a touchdown and made it a one-score game again. But that felt like like in, in retrospect it feels like a huge turning point. But like in most games against most teams, that would have been fine. The Chiefs, when they Super Bowl. Yeah, like the there's goal. no excuses of saying oh the Eagles would have won every other game when you've not been there before when you haven't faced teams like this when you get through the championship round because the San Francisco run of quarterbacks I don't blame them for not necessarily being hard but you compare that to a team like now the Chiefs which have done it all in previous years and are obviously facing teams like the Bills and the Bengals every single year to get to that point 
It's just a different ball game. Those small margins, I think, are what counted in the end. The Eagles didn't play bad in the second half. They just didn't play good enough. The second half was long drives from both teams. I think there was like three, five minutes or so or plus drives from the Chiefs and there was two from the Eagles. So that's pretty much nearly all the time gone on that. And of course, you know, that kind of meant that it came down to almost like a single moment, the Bradbury pass interference. Your stance is single moment. Sean, what do you think was the fighting moment of the Super Bowl? The defining moment was the halftime adjustments that Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff made. Yeah, they ran the ball no, more, no, they opened up no, the I, Like Kadarius Tony had was wide open for the touchdown, and then Kadarius Tony returns the punt all the way down yeah. for it turned into another score. So that's the situation where suddenly a game which had been in the balance suddenly swung greatly in favour yeah. of the Chiefs. And like to be fair, the Eagles did come back and tie it up. But then that meant that the Chiefs had control of the game to have that long drive and kill the game off as a contest. They found solutions to the problems they were facing on both sides of the ball. They, you know, they ran the ball more. They opened up the receivers. That the offense started clicking on the defensive side. They started to push Hurts around a little bit more. And the problem was that the Eagles, to be a championship-winning side, you have to find a solution, a counter solution to those solutions. Suddenly, the Chiefs were the ones asking the questions, and the Eagles were the ones. Who didn't ultimately didn't come up with the answers, and that that was the difference in the end. Is that the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs only won by three points on a like a last second field goal or whatever, they had all the momentum from the moment they got in the lead. It kind of felt to me there was it was very difficult to see how the Chiefs would ever lose that game. Can I offer one final thought about this game, which is that this was a weird game because it felt like it was going to be the game where Patrick Mahomes became thing that Patrick Mahomes was always going to be which is basically the new Tom Brady he didn't do that and I don't really know why that well I, I guess it was because he didn't have any moment of like you have to do that. that's almost a misreading of Brady there's the legend of Brady and there's the actual Brady and the actual Brady in most Super Bowls they won didn't do that much. The one arguably he played his best Super Bowl is the one he lost against the Eagles. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I did. You, you, you get, get them all. There. It's like picking, choosing between your children. You know? I wonder if the conclusion that you get to there is that he did the thing he was he needed to do, but ultimately the team was the more important thing. Yeah. He drove them down to three really big drives, mm-hmm. two touchdown and one field goal drives in, in the fourth quarter. Like, I mean, you can't really ask much more from a player than yep. to do that, you know? Just score in every drive. It's easy. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Sorry. They scored 24 Each points in the second years old have two MVPs and two fucking Super Bowl. That, that's the big thing. It's like, as I said, the Eagles played well. Like when they, when they went behind, they didn't give up. They scored the touchdown. They did the things they needed to do. But it isn't enough. That's what life is like now that teams like the Bengals and the Chiefs and whoever exist. That's how the NFL is now. There's no easy wins. Okay, so quarter's gone. Okay, so, so thanks everyone for listening to this it's podcast. Been, been, we will see you in... I thought we were going to do a half-hour section on Del Carr's free agency situation. Oh, very no, important. We will do a Low. special a, a, a podcast, emergency pod uh, on, on Derek. So it's goodbye from Ronan. Goodbye. Goodbye from Shane. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye from Harry. Thanks for listening to all four quarters and we'll see you in